Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 5 of our wrestling podcast. So without further ado, the following topic is scheduled for one fall. And today's episode, Hulk Hogan versus Rick Flair. I do appreciate what they're trying to do nowadays. It's not going to work. It's appreciated. It's appreciated. It's appreciated. I know, but it's not going to work. It's appreciated. It's not going to work. Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. Okay. And Cuz. Hey, what's up, bud? Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing our opinions with you. And now on to our topic today. Who was better? Hogan versus Flair. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you guys, uh, when we first uh, started to tackle this topic, I got pretty excited because uh, I think it's an easy one to tackle. It's just not an easy question to answer. It's a lot of fun to discuss, uh, but we're going to we're going to jump right into it. There's just a lot of shit to weed through on this. Yeah, it's it's a lot so but, much shit, but I, I promise I, I broke it down to the nitty gritty. I did do a little bit of homework last night. I was watching some stuff on the network and found some things I never saw before. The network is just a plethora of great things when they're not trying to fuck around with old devices. Nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine. That's right. Um, but no longer on the PS3 and other items. Read it was your, coming. Read your manual. Anyway, so we're, we're going to jump right into it, guys. Hogan B. Flair. We're going to start in the uh, year of 1984. Does anybody know why 1984 is important? Just I know you know. Well, it's when Hulk won his first WWF championship. But I yeah. think for, to paint the picture without wasting too much time. Sure. This is a question that when I was growing up was asked all the time. And the main reason why this was asked all the time is because it's not like, oh, a dream match. Muhammad Ali in his prime versus Mike Tyson in his prime. Well, that would never have happened. They were just too far apart in age and that never would have happened. So sure. this was so real in the sense that. It, if you weren't a wrestling fan back here, you didn't understand the appeal. They were a part of two separate companies. I mean, Vince has been all by himself since 2001. Um, Competition-wise, he's really been by himself since like late 99 because WCW just gave up. But but um, it back here, the NWA was really viable, was a huge part of like the 70s and 80s and was still on fire kind of leading up to when it sort of sold to Turner, a different podcast altogether. Uh, you know, a big decision was made in, you know, early 19, the 1980s, early, where Vince bought the company from his father and decided I'm pulling away from the NWA umbrella and I'm going on my own. And I'm I'm pitching my own company as my world championship is the begin all end all. My guy is the best. My wrestlers are the best. And NWA was on the other side of it going like, no, we all need to stay under our the governing body of the NWA. Uh, Crockett promotion being the biggest chunk and flair being the champion that would tour around. It was the so, last real territory. No, it's all of them. It was a bunch of territories under the NWA. That's how. NWA yeah. But, 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 you understand but yeah, saying. like territory, they try to, they try to keep it within their territory. It was the last yeah, big territory. To the territory theory was still running wild in, in NWA. To, yeah. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> so the NWA was over like, you know, the Carolinas, Florida, uh, you know, Texas flair would go through and Russell Levon Eriks and sure. you know, all that. Yeah. It was just, it was very important. Whereas Vince pulled away and said, I'm not doing that anymore. My guy is the guy. So yeah. the reason why people started talking about it was because Vince started gaining tons of momentum 
which we're going to get into right now, and started syndicating his stuff, having better production values, sure. uh, talking to cable companies, uh, you know, uh, or syndicating his stuff on network TV as well, like having a network special. Which is how most of us event. got into it, by the way. Yeah, and Saturday Night's Main Event was a huge deal. And so Vince just distinct – like made his product very distinct and and pretty much it so it it was natural well who's better hulk hogan or rick flair that was a natural thing to talk about i am the master of this sport for my end and you know what really hurts a lot of people out there if you know any history about rick flair you know that the difference between me and just about everybody else is i was born with a golden spoon in my mouth Thank God, Mean Gene, I've got my pump back, man. You know, the pythons are ready. The largest arms in the world. Yeah, I'm glad they are because I checked this dude, Hercules, out, man. He's got the body of a god. He even looks like the real Hercules, and he's definitely stronger, man. But I checked the dude out even farther. He could have been a Greek god. He could have been an immortal. And you know something, Mean Gene? Since he's guided by Bobby the Weasel Heenan, I've trained for the dude like he's an immortal brother. I've been hanging out in the Garden of Eden with my main squeeze Eve. I dove 20,000 leagues under the sea, 40 nights and 40 days. I hung and bung on the Titanic. I mean, at least in, at least in, our, in our side, we wouldn't even have wrestling acumen. Lies. We wouldn't have wrestling passion. We wouldn't have known about NWA without WWF. And the only way that happens is with network syndication. So it, it is something to be... It is a big deal, and it is why a lot of people would see – I'm not saying that we see this, but you would see Hogan over Flair because of that mainstream nostalgia that it was just there. You know, they 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 ran – they were the face that ran the place. You just, no yeah, you just have to take my word for it. If, when you grew up in the 80s, That's this was a saw. dead serious question. Who's better, Hogan or Flair? It was, yeah. They were always compared to each other because they were on opposite sides of the fence, literally. Yeah. And it was a legit question, and it's a fun question to to fall back on because anybody who is uh, a real wrestling fan is going to know the two of these guys because they set the tone for wrestling going forward, right? So <clears throat> jumping right into 1984, Jess, whose championship is that first? Hulk Hogan won his first WWF championship from the Iron Sheik in January of 1984. And how long would that span run? His Hulk Hogan's first run was four years. That's incredible. That's a third longest, right? Was right. yeah, third longest. Wasn't even the longest. San Martino's first son was the yeah. longest, and then uh, Backlund was six years. Yeah, or like five years and some change. Yeah, six years, and Hulk was four years. But but Hogan's run is the first run in to, to what we're talking about syndicate, not syndication, but uh, into national affiliate. It was under Vince's Vince yeah. Junior's control. Under that control, four years under that, and, and uh, again. When you won a championship back then, it, it's hard to relate to now because it doesn't exist. So meaningful. You, it was like a promotion at work. It was like you were the biggest draw. You were the champion because that promoter paraded you around the territory or whatever it was, and you were the biggest money drawer. That's what you did. And and 
it's not like that anymore. It did, you know, the, the WWE is a brand now and that's it back here. Yeah. yeah. Vince had aspirations of becoming a brand, but he still needed a guy to spearhead it. And you had all this great talent underneath. Don't get me wrong, but Hulk Hogan was the guy that appealed to the casual wrestling fan more than anybody else. And that's who you wanted to put your, your title on the guy who could draw the casual fan, the guy who people could get behind um, or in, in a heels case, the guy who, would make people so pissed at him that people would pay money to watch him get his ass beat. And yeah. that really th- that right there defines the difference between Hogan and Flair. Um, so I, yeah, I, I can't stress enough what a championship meant. And for someone to be champion for four years, wrestling moves so fast now. I mean, so many hours of television and it really sped up because of the Monday night wars, but, but like it just moves so fast now back here, they had time to breathe and they had syndicated television, but Vince pre-taped it. So he told the story the way he wanted to at the speed he wanted to. So uh, get not to go off on a tangent, but it was really important championships that we talk about between these two guys were super important. It meant you were like getting a promotion at work or you were the lead salesperson or whatever you, however you want to, Compare it to you to understand that notion. Well, WCW, he was the isn't his first title reign the longest in WCW. Who uh, Hogan? No, isn't it like the longest or one no, of the longest. So. Maybe one of the longest. Yeah, maybe yeah, one it, of the longest. it is yeah. still it his is first still title. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still one of the longest. But it's World heavyweight. Longest. Uh, <clears throat> shifting gears on that to Flair before we can get into WCW because really not there's no WCW at this moment, right? We're still in the NWA yeah. era. Flair was already a two time NWA champion by 1984. And I know some people don't like to talk about this, but unofficial, you can call him a four-time champ due to uh, unofficial title changes and recaptures. Puerto Rico uh, comes to mind. Uh, I believe uh, Carlos Colon, right? Is that right? Was one of them who, who took that title, but they don't recognize it. And Flair wins it back about a week later. Uh, so those things happen. Uh, through 1986, he could have been a four-time champ at that point. By 91... Flair is actually an eight-time champion and recognized as WCW's first champion uh, when that comes into play. So my question to you guys, let's put it on the table. What's better in your mind? I know, Jess, you really dug into the four-year run and how much you really appreciate that and, and find that a big deal. But is a four-year run that of that stability or is it the ability to overcome and become a multiple champion? What's What in your mind is more impressive? There were two different promotions, really. That- uh-huh. Especially because Vince branched off on his own. By doing that, he knew I need a face. And Vince Sr. always kind of catered to faces anyway. Bruno San Martino being a perfect example. Bob Backlund. Sure. There was champions that he loved faces. That's what he loved to do. But Vince uh, Sr. was also kind of would break away from the NWA umbrella and then go back to it. And then break away and go back to it. I mean, he had a falling out for a while with NWA. I don't remember the specific years. So they've always kind of march to the beat of their own drummer, so to speak, the McMahons. So when Vince bought it from senior, Vince Jr. bought it from senior, he was like, I'm going to put myself in a bubble. I'm pushing my product. Why would I want to share everything else with this NWA umbrella? I don't want to do that. Because, selfish bastard. It is on Because no matter what, I'm going to have to kneel down to the champion when he comes through. Even if I have my own WWF champion, when the NWA world champion comes through, I have to kind of play like he's the man. But I don't want to do that. Why would I want to do that? Yeah, I have, he broke free like the Avengers, or like is always said in the Avengers movies, somebody will say it, we have a Hulk. And that's basically what Vince did. Once he understood who he had and he pulled Hulk Hogan over from the AWA and Hogan was riding that wave of Rocky Three and all that stuff and all that yeah. interest – 
and just looked the part and and had the charisma. Vince just said, I have a Hulk. So I don't really need your umbrella. I don't need your permission. I don't need anything like that. I am going to put myself in a vacuum and I'm not going to reference anybody else because when you're the best, you don't ever reference number you don't two talk or about number three. Else. Yeah. And that's what Vince really was firm with. So he stuck with that. I'm going to have a baby face champion and I'm going to feed him heels and he's going to knock them off. And that's how he produced Hogan's four year run. Whereas flair was on the other side of it. He was part of the NWA umbrella. He had to go to territory to territory. So if you were uh, like a governing body of the NWA and you had like Florida, you know, mid mid Atlantic, uh, Carolinas, uh, Texas, uh, all these different places where they had their champions, but the NWA champion was the guy, the world champion. That's why whenever Flair talks about how prestigious it was in the seventies and eighties, it generally, it really was deal because the, the whole wrestling world, except for Vince Jr. Jr. at this point, um, was de- catered to the NWA champion. Yeah, they recognized that. Title. And the NWA, whoever was on the NWA committee, would say, "We want this guy to wear our title." Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a one man person saying, "This is who's going to wear it. This is going to." It was a committee. It. it was a. Committee. And they chose Flair because they and felt they, like but he they, could be. But not only did they choose Flair, they chose Flair several times. Mm-hmm. They always went back to Flair, and because I think they were under the formula, they were opposite of Vince of. We're going to use a heel, and then when he goes to each territory, their hot baby face will try to knock him off. Yeah. And then every now and then it would happen, and then Flair would win back, you you know, a a month later or whatever. Even the – I'm even talking about the recognized ones. Because – You know, Kerry Von Erich won it, and then – Well, because NWA followed the formula. But it was during during Flair's tour of Texas, so he would lose it, and then he he would win it back before he left the territory. But the formula we're talking about is it's all about the chase. Finally, that – that face would win it, but two weeks later, Flair would And then he would leave him. Texas and go somewhere else and then fight their hot baby face, whether it be Junkyard Dog or wherever they were. Sure. And then he would, you know, do that and then go to somewhere. And that's how the NWA champion functioned. He just bounced around from yeah. territory. And a heel works better in this case. That's why Race was champion so many times. He was a heel um, during his run because you, you wanted the baby faces to have to chase this guy. So, oh, the champion's coming to our territory. And I want to see our our baby faced our Florida heavyweight champion not finally knock the NWA championship. We want to own the NWA World Championship. I want to be able sure. to say that our territory has the NWA champion. Yeah. So I mean, it, we brought it, the title home. That's so basically the way it worked for, without getting into super details about the territory. So yeah. that was the major difference in the climate that Hulk was in versus the climate Rick was in. Yeah, and it makes it hard to compare, but I still enjoy that conversation. No, I mean it's it's the most interesting comparison because you had fans of the NWA that were, you know, and the NWA always promoted uh heart, like real wrestling in the sense, because that's the easiest way when you're bouncing from territory to territory, you, you just had flair who would go in there and adapt to anybody's style. And that's how great Rick was, is that he would go in there and he would know, okay, I got to go in and, and wrestle their hot baby face. I can't shit on their hot baby face because I will kill the territory if I do that. So when we come back in six months, Nobody will come and see it because I shit. So I have to escape with the skin of my teeth or whatever, or, you know, cheat by pinning him with my feet on the ropes or, you know, where you call the, or you call the dusty finish and things like that. Yeah. To, just to keep Before the territories the hot, finish. which is why the dusty finish stopped working when the WCW went on its own after the NWA kind of sort of died out. Um, Cause it wasn't territorial. Well, yeah, it didn't, it doesn't work. It only works with territories. So, so it, this is the super interesting dynamic between these two back in this time. So 1991 to 92 is the first time these two actually head up into the same federation. They're both a part of the WWF at this point. And Flair out of no, literally out of nowhere 
decides we're going to strap him. He goes he goes into the uh, Royal Rumble, becomes pretty much an Iron Man. He well, goes, I, well, I got to back you way up on this yeah. one. Okay. The, everything leading up, Jim Hurd, <laughs> WCW was already purchased by Turner. Or, or it, NWA, it, the Crockett promotion portion of the NWA, WCW. which was the biggest part, yeah. was um, was purchased by Turner. So basically the NWA, I mean, it tried to be its own governing body after that. But when it lost the Crockett promotion, it, that was its heart and soul. So the NWA concept died was or died shortly thereafter. Um, and they tried to revise it. It didn't work. And when you and say that, that, when you say it died, you say like flares like this isn't going to work. I got to bounce. No, it was just the concept. Crockett had the biggest, really biggest promotion. It covered sure. the biggest territory. Yeah. So when you well, pull the covered, biggest the last territory and flair was kind of not really like, like strictly Crockett's, but he would spend more time in the Crockett promotion than any other promotion. Sure. So it, it was the biggest. It had the horsemen. It had everybody. It had road warriors. Eventually it had everybody staying. After uh, Steiner, right? so what basically long story short, Vince created this environment where you have to play catch up with me. So if you don't get on your ball, on the ball about uh, production value, if you don't get on the ball about syndication, if you don't get on the ball about a lot of pay-per-view, if you don't get on the ball about a lot of shit, um, you're going to be behind. Well, that ended up happening. So Crockett promotion got desperate in 87 and bought Bill Watts's UWF and they overpaid for it and they didn't know what to do with their talent. So they kind of buried and shit on their talent when the talent came over to Crockett promotion. They didn't know what to do with it. So they spent all this money on buying the UWF, which they thought, oh, yeah, now we got Vince now because I'm buying the UWF. He's got all these guys. So Vince steps in. And when the purchase happened, that was Vince's window. And he's like, hey, Hacksaw. Hey, DiBiase. Hey, anybody who's worth the shit. Oh, I see. Where um, come on over. Like, come on over to me. I'll pay you this. I'll pay you that. So I bring the UWF into focus here because this is this is kind of Flair's path. Um, once Crockett sold or purchased UWF, there's a famous story that Jim Cornette tells where, uh, Crockett, one of the Crockett's go into a room with their financial advisor and come out and he's just like ghost white. And he realizes he's like 2 million in the hole almost. And he's, I mean, wrestling's hot at this point. This is like 87 and, and late 87. And, and he, they're making a lot of money, but they're spending so much. And the purchase of the UWF was a huge mistake. And so basically he was like, I got to sell my, I got to sell the Crockett promotions, the territories that I own, which is a huge chunk of what the NWA resided over. So Rick then was actually going to start talking to Vince. But then what happened was Turner stepped in and long story short, I think I've mentioned on past podcasts is that he had a soft spot for wrestling because wrestling helped keep ratings up while he sorted out his TBS channels and all that. So Turner said, I'll buy it. And uh, but here's the thing. If Ric Flair leaves, I'm not going to buy it. So he talked to Flair. He made Flair a good offer. Flair stayed aboard. And then the purchase went through sometime in 1988 uh, where Turner yeah. bought uh, the Jim Crockett promotion. So basically Turner turned it into WCW. That's how it became WCW. WCW. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Hall. So so basically. They didn't start calling it the WCW. They still called it the NWA Championship because even though Turner owned it, the NWA governing body was still kind of over it. And they it was still, still in place. Yeah, they still had the NWA Championship in WCW, but it was getting that relationship was getting murky. So basically, now the purchase is done. So we've yada yada past what Hulk had done in one consistent swoop in his four year stint. Yeah. He wins a title. He is in the main event of the first WrestleMania, which was groundbreaking in itself. Uh, he beat, defeated King Kong Bundy in main event at WrestleMania 2 and defended his title. Then uh, he 
beat Andre, slammed him in front of 93,000 people at WrestleMania three in 1987 at the Silver Dome and was pretty much at that point untouchable. I mean, Hulk Hogan's stock was fucking huge in 1987. He, I'm fighting for life, brother. <laughs> he, he sure was. And so was Vince, as a matter of fact. And he at, at this point, you have to understand that there was no hiccups on Vince's part. It was up and up and up. And that was his plan. And so Hulk and Vince were hot. They were doing what Vince wanted to do, and that was choke everybody else out, only recognize ourselves. So, so now you have Crockett, who's just threatened and spending too much money and realizes, I'm fucked. I got to sell my portion of, of my, my territories now. Turner steps in, buys it. They limp along. Yep. Jim Hurd gets hired by WCW. Big is mistake. A total piece of shit. And wants to cut Ric Flair's hair and call him Spartacus, blah, 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 and all that stuff. So <laughs> in 1991, uh, Heard was just kind of like not wanting to pay Flair money and wanted to get the title off Flair. So he's just like, Flair's like, fine, I'll I'll lose the title to whoever you want to. But like, you're going to pay me for it. Yeah. And Heard's like, oh, you know, pretty much go fuck yourself. Yeah. And Flair's like, no, fuck you. Like, I'm out of here. And so Flair's like, fine. He's all, uh, next. the next house show, Heard was like, the next house show, fly and drop the title to Luger. Um well, that's fine, but you're going to pay me for it. No, I'm not. Okay, well, fuck you. Then I'm not going to do that. Okay, well, then uh, you know what? You're fired. And Flair's like, good, goodbye. What he didn't understand, Heard, when he when he came aboard, this is so bad. when WCW was purchased, was that title, that big gold belt that's so famous, the world champion kind of owned part of it. He would actually put a deposit down because yeah. he was responsible for it. So it was kind of like insurance. Didn't they say like 20000 or twenty five? It was like ten to 20000 or something. Flair was, there was a lot of money yeah. that Flair laid down to because hold that title. He, he's going to travel with it too. And it's it's kind of like it's he's not responsible in, for it. Yeah, yeah, he's responsible for it. So he put his own money on it. So if he lost it, well, they'll make a new belt. But now they have $10,000 of Flair's money, for example. Sure. So that's basically what it was. So Flair's like, fuck it. You have $10,000 of my money. Give me my money back. And Heard, again, was like, fuck you. You're fired. Fuck off. Cool. I'm taking the belt with me. You can't do that. Give me my $10,000 and you can have your fucking belt back. Well, Heard drug his feet. And Vince, he called Vince and said, hey, I, I can come over. I'm done with WCW. Vince is like, okay. And he's like, oh, and one more thing. I have the fucking belt. I have their belt. And Vince is like, so legally, what can we do? Flair's like, you, I can bring it over. I kind of own it in a sense or own part of it. I have a $10,000 deposit and he refuses to pay me. Vince is like, bring that shit to me. So Flair brought it to him and Bobby the Brain Heenan and uh, an episode in um, August of 1991, early August, appears just holding the belt by himself. And he gives probably the most chilling promo as a fan I've ever heard. Not because it's a great promo or it wasn't, you know, five minutes long. It was this simple clip. He comes up on superstars holding this title that I had known as a fan to be NWA. And he's holding the fucking thing on WWF television. What I'm holding here is the belt that belongs to the real world champion. Oh no, not Hulk Hogan. Presently, the man that owns this belt is under contract to another organization. But in the near future, he may be arriving in the World Wrestling Federation. If so, it would be my honor and privilege to be the advisor of this man. Now, you want to compare this belt to Hulk Hogan's? That would be like comparing ice cream to horse manure. You want to compare the man that wears this belt to Hulk Hogan? That would be like comparing ice cream to horse manure. You see, Hulk Hogan is the World Wrestling Federation champion. The man that owns this belt 
is the real So champion. the appeal of this video Rick and what makes it so Blair. unique and kind of so opposite of what Vince ever did. Part of me really believes that this blow Vince believed was going to put WCW out of business. Not realizing that Ted Turner's like ridiculously rich and he's no matter gonna, how much money he was losing, he was going to yeah. keep, you know, keep it on life support. Sure. Um, but Bobby Heenan shows up on WWF television with the NWA heavyweight championship in his hand. No Ric Flair, which is also genius. Yeah. And just pretty much says the guy who owns his belt is the real world champion and he's coming. He's coming for you, Hogan, and he's going to prove to you that he's the best, that he's always been the best. So I, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember sure. the exact. So um, I'm sure Cuz is going to play the clip and make me look stupid because I totally got it wrong. Flair's like, Hogan's the best and Flair sucks. And I'm like, I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> so so after that. I'm going to style and profile for you for about 30 seconds. <laughs> Rick Flair heard me. Um, so basically, and then a, a month later, they do they do every week, they do kind of more Flair videos. Then Flair would start, you know, at the beginning of Superstars, it would be like Vince and somebody else walking you to Superstars. Flair would be holding the belt in his hands for weeks to come. And then a cute little skit they did at SummerSlam 91 before the main event. Flair excused himself from the commentary booth and he walked down the hall at Madison Square Garden going, come on, cameraman. And he's got the NWA championship in his hand going, we're going to knock, I'm going to knock on Hogan's dressing room door and I'm going to tell him about the real world champion. And he knocks on Hulk's door and the door opens, but you don't see Hogan. You assume that it is him. And then he's like, Hello, Mr. Hogan. On behalf of the real world champion, and the door slams in his face, and he does a you know Bobby Heenan stick, you know, f- kind of fall and fumbles with the belt or whatever, and he's like, "You'll pay for this" and all that stuff. On, I don't have all day. I'm a busy man. Right here is the dressing room of the WWF champion Hulk Hogan, and I'm going to embarrass him. And I'm going to show you what kind of a man he is. Hogan, open the door. I'm a busy man. Wait till you see this. <clears throat> on behalf of the real world's champion Ric Flair. I would like to challenge you, Hogan, at any time, any place. Who do you think you're embarrassing? You hear me? You wouldn't do that if Rick Flair was standing here. You hear? Do you hear me? So the whole Turn thing was just so beautifully thought out by Vince. You still had not seen Flair at all at this point. Then on an episode in September um, of Primetime Wrestling, Bobby Heenan comes out with the belt and says, you're going to meet Ric Flair tonight. And Flair comes out and cuts a promo that he's in WWF now. So now we get the dream match, right? For fucking crying out loud. After all these years of Hogan's four-year run, uh, you know, Flair winning the NWA title and being the working man's champion and going territory to territory, having these classic matches with Steamboat, Hulk slammed Andre, uh, main event at WrestleManias. Uh, you know, Flair had this, the classic feud with Funk got Sting's career started. All this stuff has happened. Now he's, uh, he's kind of a big deal. Both of them are big deals at this point. And fuck it, right? <laughs> Vince has got them both now. Vince has got them both. It's over. WCW, it's over. It's over for you. And now I've got <laughs> fucking Ric Flair yeah. with the NWA title on my TV and Hulk Hogan, my crown jewel, who's helped me kind of dominate the world and put a stranglehold yeah, on the wrestling industry. Yeah. Blow my brother's legs off. <laughs> whose legs blow my brother's legs off but he's blowing people's legs off so hogan's on fire so now now you're like fuck yes this is gonna happen flair starts calling hulk out immediately in promos and so here it is ladies and gentlemen they start introducing them on house shows together main eventing the very first time they ever met they actually never advertised the match they just had them 
wrestle on a house show. So people were shitting their pants in the arena. Yeah. So then Vince is like, okay, he was testing them. What what markets are hot? You know, you would think that Flair and Hulk would be a sell sellout anywhere, right? So unfortunately not. Uh, in the big markets like Madison Square Garden and, and I think Meadowlands, I could be wrong on that. Boston, they sold out. Then they started advertising him, you know, Hulk versus Flair, only on house shows. They never talked about it on TV. Flair, in the meantime, on television, was feuding with Piper. Sure. And that's how he – because he was just warming Flair up, getting going. Of course. Uh, you don't want to give all that shit away WCW, right away. WCW filed legal proceedings. Uh, you can't show the NWA belt on TV anymore. They, I believe, paid Flair his ten grand. So that's when Flair started coming out with the belt blurred. And it was like a tag team championship that was refaced to say – real world heavyweight champion or world oh, heavyweight yeah, champion, okay. something like that. Yeah. So that's when you start seeing Flair. When he would move fast, the bubble or the blur would not catch up in time. And you would see, why is Flair holding a tag belt? It was actually a tag belt that they refaced to say world heavyweight champion on it. Um, so to continue that storyline, and then Monsoon on you know on the TV would be like, well, legally we can't show that anymore because you know what? It's not the WWF championship. Hulk Hogan is our WWF champion. So Good spin. They, yeah. So they were testing out Hulk versus Flair with Hulk as champion with creative endings as, you know, Flair would hit him with brass knucks, actually pin him, and the place would kind of go nuts. Like there was Flair mania running wild out there. People were crazy to see him come aboard. And uh, and then the ref would come in and brass knucks would fall out of Flair's tights and the ref would be like, wait a minute, those fell out of your trunks. Oh, Hulk Hogan wins by DQ. So they were doing all that. They were... And they arenas they didn't sell out, they were still putting, you know, like 80% of the building full in there. But I, I think Vince started to lose confidence for some reason because Hulk was old at this point. I say that, it's really funny because when he came back later in the NBO, he's much older and he re-revolutionized wrestling pretty yeah. much. But I mean, well, the concept did. And you make the comparisons now of wrestlers today that are that age. But Hulk's initial run was starting to fall flat. Sure. He was already four-time champion at this point, or actually he was three-time champion at this point. Before All runs have to end, bro. Yeah, and he was, you know, the steroid scandal broke. He was actually getting really flabby and out of shape because he had to get off the roids. So he had to like kind of change his diet and change his regimen. Flair, I believe Flair turned 42 in 92. So Flair came into WWF as 41-year-old Ric Flair. You know, so it's it's crazy. We just, all that time passed by in the 80s. All their prime for the most part. So we get them and the whole illusion of Flair versus Hulk like captured us. But then when you actually saw it start to happen, you were like, it's not as good as maybe it should be or could be. And we don't know why. Basically what happened was is Hulk's relationship was strained with Vince. Undertaker beat Hulk at Survivor Series of 91. Hulk won it back like two days later on the Tuesday night in Texas ripoff pay-per-view. And uh, basically that's how they um, – because Hulk used ashes and Flair came out and interfered and Jack Tunney kind of saw Hulk use the ashes, but the ref didn't. So Jack Tunney said, I'm, I'm taking the title away from both of you. Hulk Hogan stripped of the title and it's going to be held up at the Royal Rumble 92. And whoever wins the Royal Rumble 1992 will be the world champion. Dave, take it away from where you said. So that's where we get into the Royal Rumble, where the winner of the Royal Rumble is actually going to be your WWF champion. And it, you would all think, oh, uh, because back in, and this is the back then kind of conversation. We know what we know now, right? We didn't know this then. We didn't know that Hogan's relationship was strained with, with Vince. We didn't know that Hogan wanted to go and do movies. We didn't know that stuff. We saw movies later, but we didn't realize that that was all going on behind the scenes. So I think the majority of us assumed that it would either be Hogan winning that title at the Royal Rumble, because that's that kind of stuff happens. He always seems to persevere and overcome. Or you could see 
maybe Sid Vicious because I was going to say Sid was new at gonna, the time. Yeah, too. Sid was new. He was big. He was he was a face too. Yeah, and moment. Vince loves big and, and he, he loves, loves them big guys. So we like, oh, it's going to be Sid or it's going to be Hogan. And Linda, if you want another baby, I'm your genetic jackhammer. So we had Sid Vicious and we had Hulk Hogan as our one and two possibilities of winning the rumble at when we were kids. Well, and a lot, a lot of people say, yeah, this is probably the most star studded rumble. You had the British bulldog, you had uh Piper, you had flair, you had Hogan, you had Sid, you had Randy Savage, you had the undertaker, sure. you had Jake Roberts, you had Texas tornado, Carrie Von Eric had in the wrestling industry, Carrie Von Eric, you know, oh, was known. It? Yeah. Um, so, and you had, I mean, I'm sure I'm missing tons of people. Perfect. I mean, uh, maybe not. No, perfect was in first quarter yet. at this point. Oh uh, yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, still got that back injury. So you had a lot of people, uh, but yeah. a lot of faces up and around it. I mean, it's just yeah, it was just a really star-studded name-wise. You know, you had this was a really active Royal Rumble. But the last thing, the some last, people still say the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. It, it really can't be when the title's on the line, mainly because deal. of who won and the significance of it. Well, that, that's the thing. I, I think uh, nobody thought that one. Vince even thought to put the strap on Flair because in the north, you know, in the territories of you know, what I said, the lack of territories, it was it was a babyface world, you know, and Flair was just not that. So the babyface would always win and hold and carry. They they did everything backwards. So nobody thought that honestly, Flair was just gonna get his ass kicked for a good fifty minutes, but he hung in there. You know? I figured Flair was gonna be the Iron Man like he was. Sure, and he was, but he ended up being over, the Iron over, Man in and Vince unusually pushed Flair in this role. I mean, we'll just say it right now. Flair wins. Sure. And and they do a little thing with Hulk at the end where Sid had been a face. And then Sid comes up behind Hulk while he's tied up with Flair. They're, they do a little spot where Hulk like starts beating on Flair. And Sid backs off on the corner and pretty much says, have at it. Like, you know. And then while when Hogan turns his back and tries to eliminate Flair, Sid comes and dumps him out. Yeah. Then Hulk does kind of a heel move where he grabs Sid's arm, and then from behind, Flair dumps Sid out and wins. Which, and actually, if you go note, back, how how does Hogan get away with that shit all the time? Well, he got booed. Of course, he got he booed did, heavily he, right after. But he was. But um, he, well, and that's the problem is Vince was just trying to. Vince was coming. This is my proof, and I'm talking as a fan. We're not wrestling observers. We're not pro wrestling insiders. We don't report the news. But at the same time, we don't lie. As a fan, now I look back and I look at this. Vince never was married to Hulk versus Flair ever, even though true. Leading up to Mania, after Flair won the title here at the Rumble, they announced that Hulk was the number one contender. But Vince did this with Sid to plant the seed that either Sid's going to challenge Hulk after Mania because the original plans, again, I'll spoil this too, was Hulk to beat Flair. Sure, that was the original plans of WrestleMania eight, but. Vince wasn't married on Hulk versus Flair. So what he did was he did the thing with Sid and Sid afterwards was kind of bitter. He didn't fully turn heel Sid, but he was bitter that Hulk got the, the, the nod from, they did a, a ridiculously fake press conference where Jack Tunney named the number one contender for Flair at mania. And he named Hulk and Sid was pissed because Sid was like the last one on the ring with Flair at the rumble. So it should have been him. Sid eliminated Hogan from the rumble. So why the hell would Hogan get it? So like, Vince did this whole thing on purpose for two reasons. One, their relationship, Hulk and Vince, was very strained in the back in real life. Sure. Hulk was coming at the end of his run. He was tired and old. And by that, I mean like his character was super old and tired. He was starting to get booed a little bit, even back here. And Hulk physically looked awful and was tired. Hulkamania was dying. Yeah, he wanted to go away. And the industry was changing, but nobody really knew it yet. So Vince – I'm fighting for life, brother. Vince wanted to – 
be sure, okay, if Hulk's not going to commit, I'm not going to put the title on Hulk. The plan was for Hulk to beat Flair and win the title. That was the plan. Sure. However, he was like, if Hulk's not going to commit, I need this Sid thing. I have this backup. Yeah, this backup where I could split the main event and do Savage versus Flair and Hulk versus Sid, and then Hulk could go away and go fuck himself for all he cared. But if Hulk wants to stay, he could beat Flair, and then Sid will be his challenger afterwards. Sure. So that was kind of like set in place. So Vince never married to Hulk versus Rick, even though we all wanted it. It should have happened, but Hulk couldn't commit, and Hulk ended up going away. They ended up splitting the main event, and Hulk and Flair, in the promotion you thought that it would happen in, never happened. Yeah. They did on house shows. Yeah. But not the big pay-per-view blow-off like you thought. Not the big dream match. Hulk versus Flair finally Finally, I'm sure you in a promotion where Vince puts the title on him. I mean, Flair lasted an hour in the ring at the Royal Rumble and then still fucking wins. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king. So everything about that night and the way Vince booked Flair was so unusual because Vince never booked heels like that. He let him – Flair was the star of the night. He was the Iron Man in that match. He wins it and then has that amazing promo afterwards, which people still talk about to this day. Who the fuck was smoking a cigarette? I think Bruce Pritchard talks about it on his podcast. I don't remember. But but it's just an amazing – so he really puts Flair over. And you think, man, now it's he's Hulk Hogan ready. We have an p- opponent for Hulk after he beats Flair. Um, and Flair probably would have been put in another program yeah. and then eventually rematched Hulk at SummerSlam. You know it was all going to happen. It was going to be like a couple matches they were going to do. Uh, but Vince likes to draw things out back here. And it could have been like a six-month-to-a-year yeah. program where well, we got this and dream back then program. you only had four pay-per-views a yeah. year. So. so, But it never happened. Yeah. Savage ended up beating Flair at Mania 8 Which, in great a great match. match. Great match. Uh, Hulk went away like he was supposed to. Warrior came back to kind of take his place. Flair sort of floundered uh, through the summer. Um, you know, well, with, I mean. And then beats Savage at this ridiculous house show to win the title for second the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, behind the scenes, Savage <laughs> and Elizabeth yeah. were going through a divorce. Yeah. And like it really got to Savage. So he didn't really want to perform well on yeah, the ring. Yeah. So Flair ends up winning the title from Savage. Out of nowhere in a house show after shortly yeah, after yeah, SummerSlam yeah, '92, yeah. and then Rick started having having inner ear problems. Basically, right. Vince lost confidence in him, and and the steroid trial was getting more intensified. Here, it was coming up. The allegations were coming out. The pressure was on Vince to really go back to natural looking athletes. Well, natural, and I have to go younger, pal. Yeah, Bret Hart beats Flair out of nowhere yeah. at late '92. So now you have Ric Flair pretty much floundering until the beginning of 93. They put him in a program with Mr. Perfect, uh, who came out of retirement and and all that stuff. And again, another podcast for itself because the warrior was a bitch and left slash got there's fired. So much. There's so much. Failed something. On. Yeah. There's Here. so much going on. It's ter- WWF was in terminal turmoil at the end of 92. Well, you didn't really know much. it on TV. 
you you kind of did because people were changing, and all of a sudden there were Brett's champion out of nowhere and all that stuff. But Vince's production's so good, and that also it still looked like WWF. Well, the production's know. one thing, but it also leads into a realm of reality because we there was a time where we still thought this shit was real. So right. when you started seeing people out of nowhere, well, God, how did Flair do that? I can't believe what what a fluke. Oh, but that yeah. can happen in real life, right? And then uh, Flair beating, getting beat by Hart out of nowhere or Macho beating him out of nowhere, all that stuff. And you don't realize what's going on underneath until a few years later. Like, holy shit, what, yeah. a, sh- what a shit storm it was. And again, I, you can't blame Hogan or Flair for any of that. I mean, really. You can blame Hulk if you want. Yeah. They'll be trying to drink their own sweat to survive. And they kind of did. They were they were really so. Yeah. So basically, and explains them very well. The day after Royal Rumble 1993, Mm -hmm. um, Flair lost a loser leaves WWF match to Mr. Perfect, and he's gone. Yeah. Just like that, we we had this whole buildup in the 80s of this dream match of Hulk versus Rick, and all the accomplishments like i said leading up to that point and then you get in there and then flair wins a title and he by the way he became the second man only to ever win both the nwa and wwf world championships the first one was uh, buddy rogers yeah um who was nwa champion and then became the first uh wwf champion wwf champion. yeah and while while he does leave to kind of put us in track flair by 93 is a 10-time nwa champ and a two-time wwf champ and by 94 Merge the NWA and WCW titles going back. Hogan takes a bit of a high. Yeah, case. WCW 93 tried to bring the NWA back and have the NWA championship yeah. in the promotion and the WCW World Heavyweight but Championship, that which was a big cluster fight. Yeah, that didn't fly. And then NWA pulled out mid year and then they just started calling it like the big gold belt. I sure. think they even changed it to the international championship. But yeah, at the beginning of 94, when Eric Bischoff knew that he was going to bring Hulk in. That's where um, changed. They yeah. pretty much merged the titles. So Flair won the international title from Sting. Flair was already world champion yeah. from beating Vader at Starcade in 93. And so now the stage is set. Now fucking finally. Just, just to rewind a little bit. There is a there is a brief little hiatus there where Hogan briefly comes back and uh, wins another world title off of Yokozuna inside of a two-minute title run. <laughs> let's yeah, not, let's he, not forget WrestleMania uh, 9, which man. is a total clusterfuck. I'm aware of how destiny. Hulk Hogan was the first three-time, four-time, and five-time WWF champion, yeah. by the way. Before, I, just, I didn't want to skip that yeah. over. Sorry. Was, yeah, he did go away after 92 when we said yeah. he went ahead and he came back and tried this ridiculous comeback and it flopped and, yeah. and he went away. <laughs> because he still came back with Hulkamania and they thought, oh, we'll get – after the break, he'll come back. Oh. And, and by the way, he did get that big pop after Brett lost the title to Yokozuna. Sure. Two minutes in. But it wasn't and, good for the business. And, no. and, and on, no. a, on a personal note, the black I, I'm pretty sure Jess <laughs> almost broke his screen door running out the screen door. Oh, I'm I ran out started. of the screen door screen. You couldn't believe it? Right around the house. It was, it, yeah. was, it, was, it, was, it was really funny. I was like, this is the, the funniest shit I've ever the seen. The times that the wrestling was back then. Yeah, yeah. It, it was awesome. awesome, though. Well, Whatever. it was half like we started, we were getting older, so we started... We knew it was fake, obviously. So we were trying to, and there was no internet, nothing like that. Yeah. So we were trying that. to understand the behind the scenes work, but we also treated it like it was kind of real because it's really the funnest when you get into a pay per view and you treat it like it's real. It's fun. It's really yeah. fun just to kind of forget reality for a minute. And, and all you, all you get, all you get out of that though is you get a European tour where Hogan's not even holding the title because Yoko wins it back, you know, sometime later, and you get that one. Yoko out. beat him at King of the Ring '93, and then you get the Euro tour where Hogan's not even holding the strap. Shouldn't be up on the apron. It's a dangerous place to be. Well, these pictures are so. Oh my God! What was that? This camera exploded. What? Right in Hogan's face. 
His camera exploded in Hogan's face. Yokozuna drops a leg on Hogan. Yokozuna on the leg hook. Two. Yokozuna. Three. We got a new champion. We got a new champion. What the hell happened? Obviously, his camera exploded. And then from there, Hogan's just kind of he's just kind of promoting a Euro tour with no strap. Well, he and was doing a thunder in paradise, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was get, still great times. Though. He was, he was getting ready to, and obviously that wasn't going to work for Vince. Cause Vince makes you work 300 days a year, at least where to your point where Jess was talking earlier, Bischoff's like, Oh, you only want to work so many days. Come on down. Yeah. Still and at this days. point, Rick, Eric Bischoff was in charge yeah. of WCW. Now. Exactly. Uh, he took over WCW in like early 93 and then slowly yep. started to, turned the corner for them, cut costs, did what he needed to do. He was a real f- big fan of Vince's production value. So Bischoff started putting more production, uh, you know, putting more emphasis on production values. So ironically, Ric Flair is the one who pretty much approached Eric Bischoff and said, I, I, I can go talk to Hogan. What kind of money are we talking about here? Do you, are you dead serious about getting Hulk in here? We could get Hulk in WCW if you tell me that we can offer him. So, of course, Bischoff went to his higher-ups and Turner and all them. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we'll offer him this, that, and the other. You really think you can get Hulk Hogan to come to WCW? And, that, that and is, At that time, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. Again, this Hogan was over the hill as far as his character was. Not even that. It's Hulk fucking Hogan but coming, this is, jumping ship. This was terms. equally as big as Flair coming in in 91 to WWF, where WCW, the number two promotion, was like, finally, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to throw it all in and roll the dice, and we're going to get the biggest happens. name in wrestling history. Because you know what WCW saw in Hogan? Here comes the money. <laughs> that's super true. Are we going to play the whole fucking thing? No. Talking about? No, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. But yeah. hey, can't blame them. It was uh, not blame them. It, how old were you here? Cause it's like four. No. Uh, by then, by what? When 90, were you born? 93? 94. 94. 94. You were born in, I was, yes, I was nine years old. How, when 85? were you born? 84? 85. 85. God, that's why I, I love. Oh, my God. So you were nine years old. I, yeah. Yeah. When you were talking about WrestleMania, like and I just did basic math, like I stumbled yeah. upon something. <laughs> I was, I was told. Wait a minute! I mean, if I, I add the years you together, the answer, it's you were yeah. nine years old. Fuck. I mean, yeah. We should call. I'm not a retarded. <laughs> <laughs> we should call uh, that math. Yeah. No, I just when you guys were talking about, that, I was like, God damn, I remember that because uh, I didn't actually watch that live. I remember seeing it. Uh, what did you? You probably showed it to me uh, when we were talking about WrestleMania nine earlier. Oh yeah. So I was just saying like I don't take my show it to everybody. Yeah, that it just brought me back and yeah. Goddamn, good times. So, Even though it was shitty times for them, but good times. So 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 taking it back on track here, we find this is where finally, you know, you f- you feel like the magnetism is finally coming back together. And then it's Bash at the Beach. So, well, WCW scores them, right? Yeah, they score them. And then Flair unifies the title. (laughs) Flair unifies the title at Clash of the Champions, let's say 150. I don't remember what number it was. And then that's when Hulk debuted live on Clash of the Champions. He ran down and got face-to-face. Now, it's funny... Because they had fought, you know, a lot of times in house shows in WWF, yeah. and they were in the same ring a lot in WWF. Yeah, they, they did, but this but is, they never had the face off. But WCW from the beginning is like, no, we're fucking facing. We are doing off. this. We're we're getting Hulk Hogan in here to fight Flair. That's why we're bringing him in. Fucking finally, which is what you thought Vince was doing <laughs> in '91. Yeah, didn't exactly. Happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Hulk and Hulk and Flair face off. Crowd kind of goes nuts. Half the crowd's actually booing Hulk at this point, live on Clash of the Champions. So now you realize, like, they love Flair though. Well, not I mean, even that. Yes, yes, absolutely. So now he's on Flair's territory. But the thing is, is like, you, I don't, I, I don't even realize to this day there was a core WCW audience that fucking hated Hulk and Vince. 
that entire time yeah. that they were doing what the hardcore wrestling fan was like, fuck you, cartoon guy. Fuck yeah. you, cartoon promoter. For this doing is what wrestling. You, right? you know yeah, what they were so, doing, right? They were, We've been hanging and banging, brother. <laughs> Good Lord. Because it's a soundboard and shit. It's going over on. now. It's going nice right now. So uh, a nice added feature to our podcast. Very fun. Um, hey! DDP, hello. Um, so, so yeah, so it, it WCW brings them in. And of all promotions, the number two promotions, like we're going to book this shit right. They get that match. And Dave, they actually fucking have that match. Cheers. Hulk Hogan's first match in is Bash of the Beach 94, challenging Ric Flair for the WCW championship. Fuck becoming number one contender at this point. He's goddamn Hulk Hogan. Just bring him in off the streets. Uh. Bring him off the streets with a can of beans and fucking a will to win. And he's going to face Ric Flair for the WCW Heavyweight Championship at Bash of the Beach. And do you know why? Because it's WCW. Uh uh 11-time world champion. So finally we see Hogan versus Flair. And this is at Bash of the Beach 1994. Much anticipation. Uh, Justice talked about it. And Hogan does take that WCW title. It is the first time they've ever met in a real pay-per-view setting or even televised setting. And built up to be the dream match that we all wanted. So unfortunately, we get this in 1994, which both men were well into their 40s at this point. Hulk Hogan had tons of ring rust. But let me let's break it down. The match itself was was entertaining. It was good. Yeah. But, and, it did, and, but do you think it delivered? No. No. Com- compared to what it needed to be, what Hogan and Flair in our imaginations in the 80s should have been, I don't even know if they would have wrestled a different match in their primes, to be quite honest with no. you. No. I, I, this, um, is, this is where I kind of come in. I, I, I just don't think they mesh. No. And you found that out the hard way. And I yeah. think Vince noticed that. It's funny that we give him shit. For but not giving us Hulk versus Flair. That's why you put it in house shows. But that's why you put it in house shows. And that's why Vince doesn't care. It's like Phil Jackson. He doesn't give a shit what name is on his bench. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. He's like, I'm going to bench you if you suck. And I'm going to use you to your strengths. I'm not going to. I don't care how much. I'm not going to put you out there because you're selling a lot of jerseys or you have a lot of sponsorship from Nike or, you know, you're just you or increase you ratings. Biggest, you have the biggest contract. Yeah, you increase ratings on the TV that we're on. We are going to win championships. I'm using you as a tool on my team. And and we never gave Vince enough credit. Looking back, it was actually very smart of Vince to do that. And Vince, of all people, of all people, shows you the balls on this guy. You can hate him or love him. Said nay. To the dream match of the century, or the let's say the decade, or whatever you want to say, it was not probably, so. It was probably. I, I actually looked up uh, what I was saying earlier. It, I mean, according to this, his Hogan's his first WCW World Heavyweight Championship reign is the longest in history, while his first WWE Championship reign is the third longest ever. Which was a year. His first WCW title reign was a year, literally. No, a little over a year. A little over a year. He won it in July of that was best to be July of 94 and he lost it in October of 95. So, okay. So 94 is bash of the beach. No, I was, I was, I was talking to cousin's point. He said, I don't like cousin. I, I, I have Flair's longest run at 452 days. Is that, I mean, we yeah. could bring someone else up, you know, no, Flair, you know, like but that was point. I think that was end of way. That's okay. That's why. So the WCW, it's run, the same fucking thing, but the, that's the problem. Right? It. Okay. So, okay. So yeah. that, that's, that's my clarification. It's not the same thing, but it is. Yeah, yeah. We we've 
you know what? I, I, I have flashbacks of Jess and Joe trying to explain the NWA title to me as a kid and, and me looking like a fucking idiot. You still look like that now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, well, at least I can admit to it now. And the territories. No, it's not your lack I'm of like, intelligence. It's just like, I was just, it's, it's foreign. It's foreign to especially wrestling fans now. He's like, it's not the NWA title day, yeah. but it is the NWA title. I'm like, what the? What are you talking about? You know, and now that, now that you can kind of see the history of you're like, wow, this was really confusing. So uh, I do appreciate what they're trying to do nowadays. NWA trying to re reestablish some of that. I, I don't mind it. Not not to go off on Try that. To, it's not a tangent work. on that one. No, it, it, you're right. It probably won't. But it's not gonna work. You can appreciate. It's appreciated. It. Yeah, it's but it's not gonna work. So well, that's fine. We we it's get appreciated. That. We we know it it's didn't deliver. We, <laughs> we know. go for, for twenty minutes. It's appreciated. I know, but it's not gonna work. <laughs> Which is one of the areas <laughs> where. But it's appreciated though. No, I know, but it's not gonna work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, but it's appreciated. <laughs> no, it's not gonna work. It's just. <laughs> yeah, but I know it's appreciated though. See the episode where cousin Jess for forty minutes said the same fucking thing. All right, so <laughs> that'd be fucking great though. Try to let me let me try to steer this wheel great. back into play. No, David, it's appreciated. What you're hey, doing. yeah, nobody awesome cares. better than. But it's not gonna work. Nobody cares. You're never gonna steer the ship again. So, what happens now is that I think even Bischoff and others start to see that wow, the the Hogan era is. Well, the Hogan face era is winding down. Is probably putting it nicely. But again, well, no, I don't want to yada yada past the match. So I, I, it happens. Yeah, it happens. It's good. They they have it in Florida. They put like I think it was like twelve thousand people in there, which is a big crowd for WCW. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it looked like a if when you really go back and look at this pay per view with Bischoff putting production value into it, it almost looked like a WWF pay per view. The arena was lit up. Um, there's a lot of people there. There's no fucking empty seats in the hard camera side. Yeah, I'm with and you. like. And Hulk drew those people in and, and all that. And, and it was a big deal. Michael Buffer came in and introduced sure. it. They, they had a good match, a good basic heel versus face match. Would you expect that from Hogan versus Flair? No. They leaned back on that because they figured, you know what? We just got to get Hulk in here. Um, it, it ironically became WCW's highest pay-per-view buy rate in history at this point. I'm sure it did. And it was one of their largest crowds that they've ever had. Oh, 10,000 plus, right? Yeah. So and that and that's all great, but at the end of the day, we all realize, uh, and so did people of, like you know, I guess of WCW lore, like the Bishops of the world. They realize that shit that is not going to work out the way we thought. This is not going to have the sustaining factor that we probably anticipated. It's going to have. Plus, just has talked about this. Hogan has limited dates, right? Yeah, his contract was super duper special, meaning Hogan gets rich. Yeah, um, that was his special contract. This is the yeah. real, this is the it real said Hogan that at the money. top of his contract is that Hogan's going to fucking be literally swimming in money. Yeah. Um. Well, I I disagree. I think that um it did everything that Bischoff wanted financially and behind the scenes. At we as moment. wrestling fans wanted it to be this big splash that finally you see the dream match. It it was fucking you know to Dave Meltzer five star and oh my god and all this stuff. But Bischoff didn't even. I don't think Bischoff gave a shit about the quality in the ring. He just touched himself when he got the buy rate in, when <laughs> the gate from the pay-per-view came or the, the yeah. live gate from the pay-per-view came in. And that's, and to use Hulk for international purposes, for advertising purposes. Oh, you got Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll buy it. We'll buy a space in your TV. You know, advertisers started to come around and buy. And then, and then, it, it's the truth and people shit on Bischoff and say, oh, we overspent and all that stuff. And they cut costs just so they can get Hogan aboard. Bischoff said from day one, and I believe Bischoff on this. This is where I really decide with Bischoff. I know people shit on Bischoff a lot, but he's like, 
I wouldn't have hired Hulk if we couldn't have afforded it, if I didn't get it approved and the budget approved. He's like, I had cut costs and got confidence in the upper management that I knew what to do. They stopped house shows for a long time because they were only drawing like 500 people a fucking show. Which they also were- kind of his idea like instead of having more house shows let's go bigger but you're losing money everybody before bischoff was like yeah let's yeah. go bigger we'll force it on the fans we'll force it on the market He's but like, you're losing tons of money yeah so you're just gonna lose tons more money. Money. so you're, you're just paying wrestlers more. per contract and they're getting a percentage of house shows yeah. there's no money out there so you're paying them to go out there and whatever little money you're making which is nothing you're giving away sure and to the wrestlers because they have it in their contract so yeah bischoff just knew if i get him if I cut the house shows back, I increase production value. I syndicate our shit. I do. I, I make it look nicer. I bring it in. I brush it up with Hulk Hogan. It looks more professional now. He's yeah. the biggest name in wrestling up to this point. And, and I can appeal to advertisers. Yeah. Oh, you have Hulk Hogan. Okay, no problem. Oh, you want to do a tour of Japan? You got Hulk Hogan. Cool. Like, and, and WCW had always dabbled in Japan before. Of course. But I mean, like, it was just a big selling point for Bischoff. So behind the scenes, this was, this was working well for Bischoff. But here by 95 hulk was tired and old again and getting booed and all yeah. this stuff you know so, so they limped along hogan and flair basically came and burnt bright really quick and did what yeah. it needed to do and then bischoff's long vision was really just to kind of push hogan and flair got shit on in his own company at this point well yeah to, to in that. the wwf vince pushes him yeah makes him a star of one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year he wins the championship as a heel yeah and then you go to flair's territory and i'm not saying hogan should have lost i'm not saying that at all because you got to get it's just, money it's just weird yeah. but then afterwards they don't treat flair good at all they yeah. shit on him well and this is this is especially when this whole faction comes in so you know the backstory you talk you hear bischoff talking about it he talks about those those uh factions. Bischoff can say all he wants. He yeah. never liked Flair. Uh I yeah, I, I'd say I don't true. care what anybody says. He likes him now, but he didn't like him. Now. I don't think he liked the Flair character. Yeah. I think he felt that if Flair was going to turn an industry around, he would have done it before. And Hulk Hogan had been the only guy. Oh my gosh. That had blazed that trail before. Yeah. That's what Bischoff believed. And I find that I find that so interesting because of of, of the limitations of of the territory of you know of Crockett and obviously of WCW, and then they pull it back even more where it's only syndication. You're not going territory. You're not you're not actually doing house shows where you can't get exposure. And I can't see how any of that is Flair's fault. But that that's the kind of stuff. That no, and that's a good but, point you bring up. The yeah. industry was changing like crazy. Yeah, not just from what the fans wanted because ECW started gaining a lot of traction in '95, '96. Sure. Um, so the hardcore fan was gravitating to that because they're just like, we want real wrestling. We don't want yeah. this shit anymore. Now WWF shit and now WCW shit because they're trying to cartoon us to death. They're and trying that's, to- that's where you talk about where you talk about the real. The real comes in and you know Bischoff has finally admitted to this on his po- on his podcast where he finds the real and these invaders, um, you know, coming over from. You know, well, yeah, now we're fast forwarding to 96. Yeah, we're getting to 96 because 95 is a shit. But Bischoff was straightening at Nitro debuted but in this September whole, of but, 95. Yeah, but this whole time, Bischoff in that 95 realm, he's he's seen all this stuff and he's building this idea of I want invaders and I want to shit on my own company uh, by using these invaders to take over this company. And he's thinking about this all the while and he's thinking about what contracts are coming up. So. So, yeah, so the industry was changing on top of it. And what the fans wanted was changing, more importantly. So in 95, both companies were just crap. And you had to go to ECW and other promotions and probably Japan at this point to, if you're a real hardcore wrestling fan, to get your wrestling fixed. Because God knows WCW and WWF was not giving it to you. So you, 
in 96, he started getting like the luchas in there. Not so much the luchas yet, but like he got Rey Mysterio, he got Eddie Guerrero, he got Chris Jericho, he got Benoit. And Benoit had been there since like 93. Yeah. Um, well, Benoit had been there on and off since 93. You don't forget the whole, you had. Benoit came back full time in like net, late 95. Well, yeah. Well, and the launch of Nitro happened in September of 95. Yeah. Bischoff launched a literal war and just said, like, I'm going to read the results to WWF on my program. WWE, would, they would pre-tape. They would do, like, two live Nitros – or Raw, sorry, a month, but then tape one right after to air it so they can cut down on live costs. Well, when Bischoff started, he got the approval and the budget to do Nitro live every week. So every – Beginning of every Nitro for the first like two months, he would read the results of Raw on the air because it was taped. And <laughs> so so that just – he was rocking the industry at this point. So he still got Hulk and Flair beating a dead horse. Savage is there. He's feuding with Flair. And, you know, they're having good matches for what you would expect of them or whatever. But, again, Hulk and Flair were just so played out and tired at this point. Now we get to 1996, Bash at the Beach. Hall and Nash have already debuted. Hall and Nash already debuted as their names, Hall and Nash. Not Diesel, not Ramon. They come in. They start hyping up a third guy. Well, lo and behold, it became Hulk Hogan was the third guy. At the end of Bash at the Beach, he leg drops. He comes out, looks like he's going to defend WCW, turns on them, trashes stone in the ring. He turns heel. NWO is off and running. Now you have Flair who's still kind of like part of the horseman, but they have this version of the horseman that's nah, it's kind of blah. And ironically, Hulk's first real opponent afterwards at the Clash of Champions, after he wins a title as Hollywood Hogan, he defends against Ric Flair. And it's funny, they always go back to Flair. And I, I, it's funny, Flair writes about that in his book, and most historians write about the fact that for as much as Bischoff shit on Flair, and other promoters have tried to shit on him, when the going gets rough, they always go back to Flair. Yeah. Even though NWO was hot, they okay, what good opponent could Hulk's like put Flair in there with me because I'm comfortable with him. So again, Hulk and Flair on and off touched a lot in 95. I'm going back to 95. It's just shit TV. It was Hulk, Anderson and Flair versus Hulk and Booty Man. Anderson and Flair versus Hulk and Savage. Anderson and Flair. Uh, and I mean, Hulk and Flair probably wrestled a million times between Hulk's debut in 94 and the formation of the NWO. Uh, really, yeah, it, it was really over at this point. NWO launched. We can't yada yada past that. Flair had some part. They did feud. Horseman feuded with NWO on and off here and there. But that's over. That's over as big as you could even think about. Yeah, it. it was never a big plan for Flair to be any kind of. Hulk was the centerpiece. You know, yeah. he this, was. This is where it gets really rough. But but this is important to our topic. He was a centerpiece because he was that big in the sense of look at what he did for Vince in the eighties and Bischoff ended up kind of massaging him in. And yes, Hall and Nash coming aboard with their cool, young look on wrestling and you know, all that stuff like helped a lot. The NWO concept helped a lot without Hulk turning heel, but flair was a company man. He played face, he played heel. He did everything he had to do. in the next three or four years during the Monday night wars and the progression of the NWO sting ended up being the big centerpiece for NW or WCW and all that stuff. And not flair, you know, he, he had legal problems. He comes back and he had a lot of emotional moments. Like when he came back in 98 and cried in the ring and you know, whatever. And he, he faced Bischoff at Starcade in 98 and all this stuff. And, and I, I don't want to yada yada past all that, but we kind of have to. Careful what you wish for, because now you have it. Oh, what a goof. What a goof. 
You know, I get accused of getting racked in the head a few times and having a little touch of Alzheimer's. My God, I almost forgot the fourth horseman. Rick Flair, go down here. Here we go. So, and, and I could be fast forward a little too far because I don't, you know, we could No, I think it isn't. I think staying on this topic, you should yada yada past it because the whole topic is Hulk versus Flair. Yeah. Even though they they fought each or wrestled each other, whatever you want to say, yeah. many times, it really it once was, it was Hogan's time. Once Hulk came aboard in WCW and they had their original match at Bash of the Beach, it was over. Yeah. Because Bischoff had a different vision. And it involved Hulk, and it did yeah. not involve Flair for the most part. Yeah, he f- was fine with keeping Flair. He was wrestling that whole Invader thing for a few years. Yeah, he was really trying to put that. It together. was all about that, and I, I, that was it. I think that the Hulk versus Flair thing really ended. I even in mm-hmm. 2000 when WCW was in the trash can, Hulk and Flair tried to kind of revive their feud. Yeah, and it doesn't. They fought at a couple pay per views and a couple nitros, but it was done. I mean, it was really done. Um, when WCW went under in 2001. They came, they both came back to WWF. Hulk came back in 2002 and yeah. fought The Rock, and everybody knows that's what that where was. I pick it up. Yes. So, but before that, though, Flair picks up actually. You know, just to give you a few more numbers, not really stats. Flair picks up two more WCW title runs before he comes back to WWE in 2002. Now, now WWE, I believe, at that point, right? Uh, not quite yet. So still almost. Yeah, because he was it was still WWF. Yeah, yeah. still WWF. Because he came back in what November, right? Yeah. Right after yeah. Survivor Series, or he was like the half owner or something, or yeah, after the invasion, invasion yeah. took yeah. shit. He came yeah, back. basically. And even crazier, he ends up challenging Hogan again. And did he win? No, of course not. No, he didn't win. Now, uh, Hulk was w- it was riding the nostalgia tour in 2002. Yeah, he was. He Triple H for the title. Flair ended up challenging Hulk for the championship just for nostalgia factor or whatever. And Hulk exactly. And he lost. And then he and then he pours on a slight feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, and then you got Hogan and Rock. You got Flair working Evolution at this time. You know, I know we're kind of fast forwarding. That's fine. But I, but I have to ask, uh, at this point, do wins and losses matter? with these guys when we're talking about the best ever because we, we see no, 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 winning a ton of titles, yeah. but not we also we see can't. him losing a ton and we see Flair never really beating Hogan to begin with. No, right? I think after Hulk comes to WCW in 94, mm-hmm. obviously Bischoff just had Hulk shit all over Flair and, and Hulk beat him all the time. Yeah. Um, th- that's when it stopped mattering in the sense of you just now at this point, you just start comparing their body of work and what they mean to the industry that's at that point. I really believe the Hulk versus Flair feud or the dream match thoughts or the the comparison died in 94 after hulk debuted and of course did all that stuff yeah i that's what i think so i think that discussion because died imagine there. what would happen if it happened in wwe first wf at the time yeah yeah knows? if hulk didn't leave who knows what would happen? all that stuff i mean man 
it, it's funny, you know, we start out hot and heavy and then now it just kind of fizzes out like this. And really that's the way their feud fizzed out. It just yeah. died. A well, lot happened after 94 yeah, with both guys, but not together, not Hulk versus Flair. Yeah, which, there's is, just, the, there's nothing which is the, which is the topic of it's today. like, what, what can you say though? Like, uh, the, the biggest, the, the biggest, the biggest dream match of all time never got the big match, that we the all big expected. moment, the WrestleMania send off that we thought it would. Um, it went to WCW. Maybe WCW will do it right. Nope. It was just really a stage for well, Hulk to come in and and what, take over WCW. What and, we could do is, uh, you know, future podcasts, we could do a fantasy booking. What would if what if Hogan versus Austin would that have been better? Oh, no fantasy no. booking. I'm gonna throw no, it on the table. Well, that's one worthy. Uh, but nothing. Flair and Hogan. Um. Uh, to me, I, I I would have to say. I don't know, well, let me, let me let me break it down for it's you hard. guys by the numbers here, so you can just get a, get some perspective. Break it down the numbers, and I'll tell you why. Flair is a sixteen time champion, recognized. Yes, anywhere from twenty one to twenty five on record. Flair himself says Hogan's thirteen. Yeah, Hogan is right. twelve, but he, he likes to claim thirteen. The IWGP, that, uh, right? IWGP That's a lie. Go yeah, okay, it's a lie. Now Hogan held the title for a four year run. Flair's longest title run in any capacity was 452 days. Still quite impressive for a territory situation. Flair, you know, when we take out the numbers and we start looking at just just who they were and, and how they worked, Flair was that classic heel that everybody chased in those territories uh, and did a fantastic job of that. Probably the best in that. In and that in essence, it's hard as the heel. Yeah. That's to do that. To do. That's really difficult. And to, stay to be hot. a successful heel and, and stay keep, hot. Yeah. Keep heel heat for Almost a decade. What Flair did in the '80s should never be understated. It, it can't, ever. It, it might not. And it or underestimated. And it will say. probably never be duplicated. While Hogan was that face that broke all wrestling rules. Faces don't. And what Hulk did in years. the '80s should never be that's like underestimated. It'd that's what, never be that's what I want to say. You have like yeah. uh, to add on to that. Like you have two, uh, you know, contrasting points. Like from the wrestling perspective, the wrestlers will tell you the greatest, you know, of all time is Flair. Sure, but from a fan perspective, because of They'll money, because tickets and yeah. sales, and who everyone's favorite and showmanship was, is Hogan. So it's like you got that yin and yang. It's like yeah. they're both well, that, the greatest that, of all time. That brings me to my, my uh, this is what I was writing at late at night, and um, probably you know a little. That's just how you, little, right off the bat. Little, that's little, how you think about the, it. Under the whiskey, Hogan was mainstream, but Flair was clearly the better yeah. performer, right? While Mike work slightly beaten by Flair, Hogan had all sorts of energy and yeah, and had, dude, had that kid follow the promos but the rich, rich promos i saw hulk hogan live it. my very first live house show i didn't get to see a house show live until 92 i started watching wrestling in 87 wow. because of hulk sure he was at the tail end of his wwf run it was it was hulk and piper versus flair and sid and it was about wow. it was like two weeks or three weeks before mania eight and um hulk was you know Wearing out at this point, we went to the LA Sports Arena. My parents surprised me for my birthday in March of uh, 1992. Uh, so it's before Mania 8, probably like two weeks before. Jesus. Um, I have never heard a reaction one. like what Hulk got until Steve until? Austin yeah. got huge. Yeah. I saw Steve Austin right before Mania 14, and Craig and I looked at each other and said, Oh my God, like Austin's getting. He's getting to that point. And then I saw him a month after he won the title, Austin. And I was I I was like, that's that's fucking that's a Hogan pop right there. Mm-hmm. But I saw Hogan at the tail end of his WWF career in 92. And I I cannot I can't explain to you what it was to watch him walk down 
it was a house show at LA Sports Arena. LA Sports Arena holds like, let's say 16,000. Sure. I would say there was 14,000 there for a house show. Yeah. And people went fucking nuts when Holt came out. I can't, I can't even put into words right now what. I love him like a brother. Not only that I did, um, not only what that meant to me as a fan, as a Hulk Hogan fan, because I was a huge fan of him. He's the reason why I watch wrestling now. And, but to see that live, I can't describe to you how fucking loud that pop was. Yeah. In a house show. And he did, he did, he was teaming with Piper and Piper got a huge pop too, but Hulk was on a different level. Like it was amazing. There was one moment where just to give you, I, I don't remember what side of the arena I was sitting on, but Hulk Hogan was out. It was a tag match. Sure. Piper was in the ring with flair mm-hmm. and what Piper kept doing, he was getting beat down. He was getting heat on himself and kept trying to tag Hulk. And then flair would cut him off and get the crowd to get all pissed off. And then sure. go to tag again. And then somebody would come in behind the ref's back and pull Piper in by his feet. And the crowd would be like, bullshit. Hulk had his back to me of the side of the ring. I was, I was about midway up in the arena. I wasn't on the floor. He had his back to us because that's just the side of the ring that he was on. Uh, Piper almost tagged him. And then I think Sid came from behind and pulled Piper's feet while Flair distracted the referee. And Hulk turned around and looked at us. And every fucking person in my section stood up and fucking cheered. Just on For him turning around and looking at us going, come on, you know, they're cheating. You know, like he was playing up to the crowd. That's how big Hulk Hogan was. I don't even know if I did a good job explaining that right now. But like I he, get it. he turned around and looked at us and people fucking fainted almost like because he's so we, we cheer so loud. Yeah. All he had to do was turn his motherfucking body and the whole like 6000 people on that section fucking erupted like and I, I can't describe to you what he was in the 80s and what he what I know, a P- common wrestling fans now they remember the Rock era more. They remember the Attitude era more. And I'm not saying I've seen the Rock and Stone Cold in their prime. Yeah, I massive it. pops. I get on it. par with Hulk, no yeah. question. But uh, until that moment, I had never felt anything energy nobody in my close. life like that. I can't describe to you, even though I'm trying to right now, what yeah. it was like to see him live and to see, feel that energy is fucking amazing. That's why you went to house shows, by the way. Yeah. To feel that it, it's so different now in wrestling. And I'm good. telling you, man, like I'm privileged to feel that and to yeah. recall that story. And I got to see it in Austin and rock and they were just as magical, just as magical as Hulk. The closest thing I ever got to that was uh Cena winning a match. And I think it was a SmackDown and coming into the crowd. He was that six feet from when us, we went with Tyler? Cena had a lot of electricity. Yeah, they were going bonkers. For when that. I saw Cena at a house but show, he was how, climbing he, on his uh, US. To was that when we, Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, he was. We saw him at uh, Judgment Day. Yeah, yeah, and and he got a lot of pop too. Yeah, it's and I saw Cena in a house show well after he had won the title, and he was getting half booed and half cheered all the time. Yeah, even though he was half cheered and half booed at this house show, I saw Cena. You felt that buzz. You, you felt, felt that it, yeah. little buzz. Yeah, he wasn't as big as Hulk and wasn't as big not, as Austin or The Rock. Just but, not seen it anymore. But he had that magic, that 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 caring from the crowd, that that emotion. So I don't I don't know where he even left off after that, but. So, I just don't want to understate what Hulk did in the 80s, even though well, Flair. We all know it. we all know who you think is better. Not necessarily. Nah. I'll play devil's advocate on that a little bit. Uh, if you want. Well, what question are you asking us right now? I already asked you who's better. We're def- we're doing it right now. We're doing it right now. So that was your argument. Our bro. judgment You're here done. is going to define history <laughs> of wrestling. So whatever we decide here, that's fucking it forever. Uh, yes. Forever. All right. Well, go to here. here go now, to first. forever. Well, I'll, I'll play a little because I already know Jess is going to say that Hogan's the that best. You don't blah, even blah, know blah, that blah, right blah. now. You haven't well, asked me. Oh, stop officially. it. So here, here's here's what I think. I think I think Flair's. 
slightly better on the mic. I think Flair is more thought out. Flair has more fun. Flair can adapt. Flair's more than slightly better. Hulk Hogan's great on. Hulk Hogan's really good on the mic and entertaining. Flair's a genius. But Ric Flair's probably one of the best promos. I mean, The Rock's up there with him. Dusty's great. I just didn't. Um, I don't want. I don't want. Flair's one of the best best stickmen ever. I don't want. I don't want to shit on Hogan with that. What are you gonna say, Cuz? Oh, Hogan wasn't bad though, but Flair's on another level. No, that's what I was gonna say. I'm gonna go for from like pro wrestling perspective, and I'm not. I would go with Flair. Well, that's obvious, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're looking at to me though, like like I I was just looking at those. Looking at the ring work, it's it's Flair. I I gotta tell you, man. We because I respect both. I I talk shit. I can't even. I can't even think about how many drunken nights I've had with Jess and probably a few other of our friends. Those Hulkamaniacs out there, they're just like my man Storm. First blood, man. Instinct alone. Go for broke no matter what it takes. Hang on to that WWF title. You know, Hulk, you've got a little bit of that Rambo in yourself, you know. You know, you're exactly right. That's why the people of Oakland get off on me. They don't care if I come riding up in a big long limousine or with a 24-inch python hanging off a big hog. Yeah, when it, when it comes down to it, though, yeah, we all know that Flair is that, that performer in the ring, but th- there is more to it. But the question I would ask, though, is so if, if, you're if, saying, what are you saying now you said ty he said well he said the only reason because i was looking from both aspects i think but you should I, go to jail if, for that <laughs> well, you, well no because i'm looking from both aspects but yeah if i had to go strictly pro wrestling from a pro wrestling perspective i would say flair so you're choosing day. flair you're yeah choosing i'm choosing flair. flair fuck you would choose it but i'm just saying i'm looking at it from both i'm looking from the fans and entertainment side and i'm looking from the pro wrestling and the pro wrestlers would pick that's what i was saying earlier about hogan and flair but they're equally great but yeah if you had an arrow down from a pro wrestling perspective, Flair. That's super liberal of, of you. Go ahead. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not, but you know, pick it up, I'm Jess. Nothing. What you got? I'm nothing. What are you asking me? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm I'm not, who's 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 the greatest, bro? <laughs> you fucking Homer. So, it's contrary Flair. to popular belief, I really like Flair a lot and respect. Oh, him. I, I know you do. Um, he's fantastic. He what? He was the greatest wrestler of all time for a long time before I think that Kurt Angle kind of was a little better. And and that's only yeah, because Father Time, that. you're going to get, you know, Shawn Michaels. I, I don't I don't care for Michaels, but in all honesty, I don't disagree when people say that he might be the greatest wrestler of all time. A U.S. wrestler of all time. There's a lot of Japanese wrestlers that are on par with those guys. But um, Okada nowadays being one of them. Um, but that that can't be understated. For him to be considered, there was a groundswell of, of I don't want to say dirt sheets because they were kind of relevant in the 80s, but not really. Um, but hardcore wrestling fans, there was a groundswell against Vincent Hulk, a small one, but it was there that supported Flair and loved his in-ring work. The Ricky Steamboat matches, the Terry Funk matches, the Dusty Rhodes matches, even the race matches back in the early 80s for what they were. Flair was worked his ass off was a workhorse, has an amazing character. He's just as charismatic as Hulk is. He really is. He's better on the yeah. mic than Hulk. Flair's one of the best people I've ever heard on the mic. But if I'm being honest, and maybe it's it's because of the way he got me into wrestling, Hogan, um, I don't know how you can – even if you weigh it out, if you try to say Flair was technically better – I don't think Flair was ever a technical marvel either. No. He was not an Angle or a Luthez or a, no. uh, you know, like a Bob Backlund or anybody like that. People, people, he was a great pro wrestler and he learned how to put people over and he was a great heel. Flair's probably one of the best heels in wrestling I've ever seen. Great. Because you think, you think of guys like Bruiser Brody and he's a great heel because oh, yeah. he was a maniac. Uh, Abdul he's the Butcher, Terry Funk. 
all great guys, heels, yeah. but Flair was a great heel in the sense that he was on a higher level. He was a great working heel. He didn't have heel. to do hardcore. He knew how to work a match and make anybody. The, the old saying with Flair, he can get in there with the broomstick and still have a passable yeah. match, more than a passable match. Yeah. And later on, we saw, was it Omega that wrestled the blow-up doll? Or yeah. The girl or yeah. whoever? It yeah, the blow-up doll and the nine-year-old girl. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just funny because that's what Flair was back in the day. But if you name those He'll three take- guys, they, the hardcore guys, those those guys had to do it through hardcore, crazy matches and flair he didn't know oh, funk was good in his that. time you, well yeah no right. true you're no true you're that. right you're true right that. but that's great, what they're notorious that's all a good three point. those guys that's a good point. but flair could do it without that no he and he he did and yeah. but he he was nba champion he had to go imagine like dave you having to go to a different store yeah every month sure and you had to you couldn't shit on them yeah. and be like i come from this territory so i'm better than you it didn't matter. You had to make, you had to blend in with them and accentuate and make it look like they could be yep. better than you, but then you were actually teaching them better. You were get, leaving them better than when you found them. Yeah. Um, That's which what is what did. a good manager is and what a good trainer is. Yeah. But most people like to come into a new environment and dominate and say, yeah. my way is better, better yeah. than you. You're doing everything wrong. Yeah. So, but Flair as the NWA champion, he had to go to different promotions, had to accentuate everybody. I got to fight Junkyard Dog tonight. Well, fuck, he's super huge in Atlanta. And he's super huge in the Carolinas, so I got to make it look like he's a fucking megastar. I got to get my ass kicked for 95% of the match and squeak out. Yes. So I understand that part of the business, and I understand that Flair is Flair's value. People like Flair are valuable to this business. But so if you want to tell me, ask me who's better for wrestling, I still say Hulk. Yeah, I believe it. Because he wasn't terrible in the ring. No, he I'm wasn't. not saying I like his politics afterwards. So I guess maybe I just shit on my own comment no. for wrestling. <laughs> Hulk wasn't great. He always politicked in the back. He never elevated anybody. He never did. It was always who can you feed me? I like you, brother. You're big. So I can leg drop you later and beat you. That's in that. <laughs> Hulk was always defensive like that because you learned from the best Vince Jr. Oh, shit. And so Hulk, <laughs> Hulk always had that. But I still say if you just go off accomplishments and what they did for the industry, um, it's whether Hulk knew it or not, yeah. think about that run that he had. He slammed Andre, 93,000 people. <coughs> Russell, yes, he was with the greatest promoter of all time, Vince McMahon. But <coughs> people say if Hulk didn't come along, uh, Vince would have used Orndorff or Piper or someone else. No, no it would no. not have been the same no. thing. No, not that's Hulk's value shot. right there. You could try to say Hulk was only successful because of Vince, but I say his charisma he just had it. He was that guy. It was just, it was fate. Like it was that way. No other person would fill that gap. Like Hulk did Hulk made tons of fucking money off one promotion that said, I'm going away from the NWO umbrella. That's a big deal. And Vince had faith in him. I have a Hulk. Like that's a huge deal. He beats Andre the, the famous match with the warrior. Um, yeah. Who he put over by the way. Yep. Uh, Sean, all that stuff, it, I mean, he defined an era. Then he goes to time. WCW, and he does financially in the back what they need for him to do. I mean, I'm not saying, again, he did kind of politic a little bit, and he didn't put people over when he should have, but, like, Bischoff got to a point with that company where it was profitable and successful, and then the NWO happens. If Sting would have turned heel, probably wouldn't have been as impactful. No. Because what faces would have faced so. him? Like, if Savage would have turned heel and went NWO, it wouldn't have worked. Hulk Hogan turning heel in 96 was so captivating and so groundbreaking. Uh, once again, for the second time, he ushered in a, yeah, a new era of wrestling. It was NWO and WCW that brought 
Vince up to that level to create the Attitude Era to combat them and fight them in the Monday Night Wars. So I say I love Flair and I respect the shit out of him. But like to me, Hulk is the best that's ever been. Even more than Austin to me, even more than The Rock. Only because (laughs) because Austin's pissed. Um, Just because The Rock got mega famous afterwards with movies. The Rock in ring, he did okay, but he didn't Austin already paved that way for him, right? You know, he did. brought the Attitude Era back. And I love Austin, too. So I don't want to hear any Austin support hating on me. What? But the thing is, is like Vince started branding the WWF as a brand when he had Austin. I'm using Foley and DX and The Rock and Austin. Austin was the catalyst and Austin was that special guy that caught fire. But at the same time, that water that Hulk and Vince were in in the 80s was just something we're never going to see it, again. Yeah, that was different. Never going to sure. fucking see again. So big in the fact that it lured Flair over in 91 because of Hulk and because of Vince. Yep. I can't dispute that. Yeah. I can't dispute someone that says Flair's better, but I, at the same time, Hulk's the best to me. He's the best. For all he's flawed and for all the bad he's done sometimes, he's the best. He, cha- he changed the wrestling world. He is magic. I still watch him to this twice. day sometimes. By the way, he changed the wrestling world twice. Yes. I still watch him sometimes to this day and get lost and be like, God, like yeah. you were, your magic was, I can't even describe your energy and your magic. It's weird. Like, so yeah. that's well, my choice. Cuz chose wrong. I chose right. <laughs> if I had to narrow it down to one, I'm going to go from that perspective, like I said earlier, but it's, if you really asked me to, to narrow it down, I mean, if I didn't narrow it down, it would be hard for me to choose because of that. All, everything that you said, Hogan influential, man. Like, yeah, he, he well, brought wrestling to me. I wish, I wish he was better backstage so, and a better mentor, but Michael Jordan has tried owning teams the, and coaching and he's yeah, not great at it either. Um, but I was going to say, like you said earlier, if Vince, uh, what'd you say? People said that, Oh, Vince could have done it with Paul Andreoff and, and who else? N- uh, anybody, just, Piper, just anybody. Andre, yeah. anybody. And it's just same, not, it's but just on not, the same level, the answer is, is just no comment to that. Yeah. On the same level. Vince couldn't have done it with anyone else other than Austin during that time either. No, I Austin represented uh, it was just that, a new that phase, era new that era. Yeah. What the fans yeah. wanted. And that's that's for another day. Right? Uh, it is, it oh, is yeah. for another day. But I mean, like it. God damn it! I had to mention that. Uh, I, I love Austin. Austin has a ma- a major place, and you we just, will do an Austin episode. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, and he deserves we'll it. And there. I I've, I've loved Austin. We're gonna since. build that up for a year. Yeah. I've yeah. loved Austin. We're since, gonna mention. Uh, we'll Austin, talk. We'll, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Hollywood Bones. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit of Sorry Devil, Devil's Advocate on it because I, I can tell you, I agree with everything that Jesse. Are you gonna saying. fucking say Big John said right now? I feel you're gonna. No, say John he's the oh, no, most amazing. <laughs> the two choices. It's not gonna be Hogan. <laughs> I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. It has to. Uh, be. No, I, I all I all I want to say is, like we know that Flair is superior. Mike Word Flair is the superior. Wrestler. I think he's the worker he's favorite. He's the worker favorite. favorite. That's and that, and um, he's also kind of like the guy that everybody can relate to because he's not three hundred pounds. He's he's about two forty, you know, which kind of where we're sitting. And you have to you have to weigh in the fact that without Hogan, nobody in this room would probably be talking about wrestling right now. In this room, I, I know Flair. I can say for me for you sure, you wouldn't, wouldn't be talking about Flair because no. of what Vince did and the way he syndicated stuff. We didn't. I didn't have to yeah. have cable to see Hogan. I don't know if I would have been gravitated to Flair like I was Hogan. No, yeah, because Hogan was you need this that Hogan. character that came to life. You need that contrast the only, right there. The only wearing bright wanna, yellow tights. The only yeah. thing I want to say is to is to play that play that other side a little bit is Flair. You can't you can't really control 
where you come up to. You can't control what, what era you came, what era you came of into. Course. You, uh, and Flair can't control where he was dominating. You can't help the fact that Flair came into Southern wrestling and Flair became a territory wrestler. Um, I would really like to see what what could have the what ifs. I don't want to talk about what ifs, but what if Flair had that bubble and had that money and had that syndication uh, that Hogan had? I don't know where that would have shot off into the stratosphere. So because of everything that Flair did in spite of his limitations, I want to I want to give that nudge slightly to Flair only because. I think I think Hogan Hogan's got the look. Hogan's got the body. He's got everything. He's got everything. He was but he also he had the rocket ship, and 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 Flair had the like the little firework does, you know, yeah, to, to ride on. And people still know who Flair is. Flair still came up into the top realms of WWF uh, because of how great he was on a territorial level under shit people, under people that didn't know what they were doing. Hogan had the lost, Formula One. Flair lost had millions the Mercedes. of dollars and. You know, and and Flair, Flair saved a dying freaking federation more than once because he's Ric Flair. I mean, in spite of all that. Well, that's why I say you, you have talk, to respect the yeah. pro wrestler side because a pro. You, you talk about we Ted all, Turner. We, Ted we, like, we respect pro wrestlers. Ted Turner's willing to save this and limp it along for five more years, but only if Flair's on board. But right, you got to respect the other side of fucking fucking made wrestling what it is. Yeah. So that's why to me, that's why I was and saying Flair earlier, got his biggest I, accolades I na- on a national level when he went to WWF. Because Hulk yeah, Hogan built it and that is true. On, as a platform that it was. Yeah, yeah. That is true. Yeah, it's true. That's what I'm saying. You get so this is my last sides. podcast because yeah. you both chose Flair. So just, <laughs> no. just signing off. I told yeah, you. I really couldn't. Off. But I had to narrow it down. I just. I'm, I'm it's, go no, and it, and to this day, it's funny. You know, I, I wanted me. this topic because like there, the funny thing is. is oh, good point. There was never really a conclusion on the storyline side of it ever. Yeah. Um, no, it, it never, it never really did. It really never did, so. and and even though Flair got shit on and stuff like that in WCW, which was wrong and not okay, um, he got shit on a couple of times. And- I feel that, yeah, <laughs> it. I feel that there was no conclusion storyline wise as to who was ever better. Yeah, but you can we can debate on and on. I respect people who like Ric Flair and who because you know what, if you got into Flair, you stayed involved in wrestling because you hated Hulk and Vince, but you stayed a wrestling fan because of Flair. I'm glad that there are wrestling fans still around and I don't care how you got here. It's important that you get here because yeah. I love wrestling so much and we all do, but like, I love wrestling so much. I don't ever want it to die. And I know, yeah. you know, we're on the, we're on an era now where you have all these new promotions like AEW launching and, you know, NWA trying to make a comeback and, you know, PWG locally out here and PCW and yeah, ring of honor stuff. still kicking or whatever. And, and with AW uh, all elite wrestling coming up, you know, and and J- New Japan trying to have an American presence and all that stuff. I think it's a great time to be a fan. Um, it's not like a Monday Night War vibe or anything right now because no. WWE right now is doing shitty, in my mm, opinion. Very shitty. I know in Stockwise they're doing well and they're getting all this money from TV deals, but like they're really bad booking, bad storylines, bad character, you know, development. Um, I think it's great to be a wrestling fan. So, however, however you get there, if you grew up watching Flair and that's how you became a fan. That's great. I'm just glad you're a fan. Well, and if you watch hard. Hulk, and, and I'm just glad you Hulk watch Hogan. You're a fan, and that's and that's the hard part about the whole thing is that, yeah, open that. It, it, like you said, nobody nobody would be talking about wrestling in this room right now if not for Hogan. Uh, I just I you know, and it could really be either way. You could put the nose, you know, 
it's like that Kentucky Derby. They really are polar. Out. I think Dave said it best earlier. I can't remember if you said it on record or not. Well, they they have a they have a magnetic yeah. personality to come together. But as soon as they when do, they're apart, they're the yin yang. Yeah, it's when they're the apart, like yeah, you want to talk about them all the time about but them coming they, together. As soon but as they come together, they as soon as they came together, it never really worked. They never yeah. had a, a stellar match. They never really had. And you could blame the bookers, you could blame the promoters or whatever, but it just yeah. never worked out. It never that dream match that you talked about never and meshed, never, it never never mater- worked, never materialized. Flair and Steamboat. Perfect. Jesus. Oh, my God. Just perfect. Flair and Savage. Flair and, Flair you know, and everybody else. Hulk and big guys. It was just the formula. Yeah. You know, like Hulk and Orndorff had a great run. The yin Yangs, man. Hulk yeah. and Piper. Hulk and Savage. You yeah. know, just people meshed together. Hulk and Flair. Yeah. Got Hulk and Savage. And then the two biggest names ever, Hulk and Flair, never. Those. It's like oil and water. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So with with that, guys, I, w- I want to just uh, we're getting well, ready to we're getting ready to sign off here. Shortly, well, fuck this episode. But I have to, <laughs> goddamn. No. But I, I have to talk about it's something that I know that we're we're pretty proud of. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of it, there's a really cool app called Wrestle Post, and we've actually just been honored enough to be on that app uh, with the OWP. So we're we're very happy to be part of the Wrestle Post family. You can find us on any Android or, or Apple app there, which is pretty cool. If you download at that app, it's so easy. You just click on us or search us in the search bar. Click on our logo, and they have links right there that you can go to our SoundCloud yeah. and our YouTube. But if you yeah. just want to go to SoundCloud and YouTube on your own, go to YouTube and type in in the search bar on YouTube. Type in our wrestling channel, yeah, and it'll pull us up. Yeah. Subscribe to our channel, and all of our episodes are on there. Yep, um, this will be the fifth episode. Um, uh, or you go to SoundCloud and search our wrestling podcast, and all of our episodes are going to be on there as well. That's right. So fucking and, for the love of God, like download us on SoundCloud or listen to us on YouTube. However you want to do it. We just want you to hear us. Go. We have an Instagram account. Um, our Instagram handle is OWP 2019. Yep. So go on Instagram and search OWP 2019. You'll pull us up. Follow us on Instagram. We post, you know, uh, we build up each episode. We kind of, you know, every day of the week, we'll post some stuff to kind of entice you to, to tune in. Our new launch days are going to be Mondays now. Um, instead of Sundays, we think that's a little easier for editing and stuff like that. And Monday morning or Monday afternoon, whenever we launch it, just to start off your week on Monday, you got a brand new episode from our wrestling podcast, OWP. We're starting to get some good followers, guys. We got some good hits. Uh, you know, we got some good followers now. Some people we don't even know are following us now on SoundCloud and Instagram, which is pretty exciting and cool. Yeah. So uh, just keep just follow us. Just listen to us. Just fucking do it. Stop being a dick. <laughs> And fuck you. And Hulk Hogan's the best. And fuck everybody. You're so How angry. about that shit? So angry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. With that, that is the OWP signing off. This is Butters along with Jess and Cuz. We will see you next week. <laughs>